technology shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today. And we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... Most CSPs today would say that they want to do more than just be a connectivity provider. And what that actually means is how quickly uh, and how effectively can they grow into the vertical value chain. So, so the service level and maybe the highest level of, uh, uh, of the need here, if I draw parallels, would be not only how you deliver network services and build network services quickly, efficiently, at scale, but how well are you also able to accommodate specific applications and need for the industries that you address. You're listening to the Future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia original series. Swanathon knows automation will change the way 5G wireless services are created, delivered, and managed. It's a wholesale rebuilding of a business model that saw telecom companies act as little more than wholesalers of 4G. Biswanathon is guiding the industry by adapting a lesson we all learned in high school social science class, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. The base, physiological needs, become network management. And at the top, the self-actualization we aim for as humans is, for the CSP, the equivalent of service management, including network slicing and network as a service. But if we're ever going to have a self-actualized telecom industry through automation, we need to fundamentally change the business model from network management up. Why automation is fundamental uh, is across three dimensions. One is that we need to deliver uh, complexity at scale while reducing TCO all at the same time. And I think to deliver that, automation is the sweet spot. Any of these dimensions uh, will then allow, will not allow us to then deliver to the promise of 5G. So that's the aspect of how we deliver. Uh, on the business model, which is the second aspect that I want to touch on, we have traditionally been uh, pushing services or pushing uh, capabilities out to the market and hoping that some of them would stick or they would be consumers or enterprise would want some of those. But with 5G, we have an opportunity to, to change that to a more outside in perspective, looking at actually what enterprises need and being or allowing enterprises to pull those services from the network as opposed to pushing them out. And again, for that to happen uh, without automation and without intelligent automation, which is aware of the network capabilities and is intelligent enough to optimize the way the resources are utilized, we can never achieve that. So to give that illusion of infinite capacity and change the business model, again, automation plays a critical role to allow that engagement to change with the enterprises as well. When you say intelligent automation, are you referring to artificial intelligence automation, machine learning systems? Yes, I'm exactly referring to that because uh, I think automation and I think uh, machine learning or intelligence are, I think, quite intrinsically, uh, you know, linked. Uh, because if you look at uh, automation and as you look at automation uh, in terms of what you automate and why you automate, uh, the automation is evolving from fairly basic, repeatable RPA-like processes to becoming more complex uh, 
uh, outcomes as well. Uh, you know, areas where we need to go across multiple domains, across multiple technology boundaries. And on top of that, if you really want to change the customer experience, uh, you really need to be learning from the network all the time. So automation is really the process that is defining the, uh, the outcome and the way we uh, deliver it. But at the heart of that uh, outcome and how, how appropriate, how good the outcome is, we need to be able to learn from the network data, which is why when we talk about, and if you think about automation uh, on, 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 the, on the Maslow's framework, as you start evolving to the higher levels of automation, that needs to be intelligent and it needs to be learning from the data at all points of time. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that page you're taking from Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Uh, where does the, the, the complexity and scale component come into that mm. particular pyramid, as it were? Because as you point out, if we're changing the way we do business with 5G because we need this automation for that increased complexity and scale, it's sort of a, a virtuous circle at the end of the day. Right. The more you apply automation, the more complex you can get, and the more complex you can get, the greater you can scale. True, true. And I think uh, one of the challenges we have in the industry is there isn't really maybe a, uh, a true framework or an aligned approach on how you do automation, right? Because it's it's kind of omnipresent uh, in terms of where you can apply it. So maybe the Maslow's uh, uh, pyramid is, is a good reference point for us to maybe simplify the, the structure a little bit to understand how do you apply this. And if you look at the, the pyramid and the bottom two layers, and if you want to draw parallels to, to, uh, to our industry, you can think of infrastructure, the way you set up your infrastructure you plan your rollout, uh, you manage and operate your network, which are essentially simple, repeatable processes, like I said, that would be like your basic need. That's something that's already happening. Uh, most of the uh, CSPs today already do that, uh, but they are simple in, in terms of they largely are single domain uh, automation uh, systems. But then as you go to the, uh, to the 5G, promise uh, space of delivering complex services, network slices, mission critical applications, you start to look at a more complex form of automation that can transverse multiple domains. It needs to understand the network. So that's the point where you are also changing your value from efficiency to business, to agility, to time to value and customer experience. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs starts with the base, the basic needs, you know, physiological needs, safety needs. Yeah. And in your analogy, that's the network management side, something that's been happening for some time, you know, security alarms going off, things like that. Right. And infrastructure and software management, this is AWS or Azure from Microsoft, that kind of thing. Right. And then on Maslow's next level, it's the psychological needs, the belongingness and esteem needs. And that's when we get into the customer management side of that conversation. And that's really where the complexity starts when this becomes a business conversation. Correct, correct. Because a customer, uh, a customer at the end of the day should be uh, abstracted as much as possible from the complexity of the network. They are only interested in consuming the service in its simplest form, in the simplest way, uh, with least amount of effort. So I think while the outcome is simple, to get there needs probably the most complex kind of uh, uh, automation let's put it this way, that can actually transverse the entire complexity of the network and abstract it from the customer. 
So in that sense, you're absolutely right that as we go up the, the, the pyramid and go from these single domain repeatable process sort of model to a more complex uh, uh, automation space, that's where we'll also see the, the maximum benefit and value, which really starts to touch the customers. Uh, it could be an end customer or an enterprise. Uh, and, and then it also needs to transverse into uh, the way you build and deliver services to them. And that takes us to the top of the pyramid. You know, for Maslow, it was that self-actualization, that goal that we all have as humans to become better humans. Right. And the goal for CSPs to become better CSPs is that top level as well, which is service management. Exactly. And that and actually draws a very interesting parallel to the fact that uh, most CSPs today would say that they want to do more than just be a connectivity provider. And what that actually means is how quickly uh, and how effectively can they grow into the vertical value chain. So, so the service level and maybe the highest level of, uh, uh, of the need here, if I draw parallels, would be not only how you deliver network services and build network services quickly, efficiently, at scale, but how well are you also able to accommodate the specific applications and need for the industries that you address. Right. It could be, how do you take on uh, a gaming application, for example, for a consumer and accommodate that within the uh, automation landscape that, that you have? Because it is that specific knowledge of the domain and that specific ability to absorb that industry requirement that will go and take our CSPs beyond just being connectivity providers and, and true partners in that uh, uh, industry for zero change that we all uh, wish to see. And, and as we hit that top of the pyramid, whether it be personally with our own self-actualization or whether it be within that business environment, tell me about that service level management where you're creating some very complex services, but what you're actually doing is, is you're creating a relationship with the customer, just like if with Maslow, you're creating a relationship with yourself and those around you. Right. In fact, there's another dimension to that because this is not just a relationship which is built on uh, best effort. It's, it's a relationship that's built on a commitment to ensure that the applications that the, this, the, the enterprise is depending uh, uh, on you for are delivered at the SLA that is promised. So essentially, this relationship is, actually, look, is more like signing SLA and service agreements as opposed to just providing a connectivity as a service. And that is a very different kind of a relationship that our uh, CSPs would now need to embark. And I think to make that happen again, they need to be able to trust the systems that they are putting in place, the process they're sitting and putting in place, and the people aspect of it to ensure that uh, the delivery and, and the, and the uh, relationship that they are actually getting into with the enterprise can be fulfilled because end of the day, this is all going to be about how credibly can we deliver and then maintain those services to the enterprise for this to work. So then how do we get there? If this was a self-actualization attempt, you know, we could climb a mountain and speak to a yogi, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but how does the, the chief executive officer, the chief digital officer, those responsible in the corner offices uh, in a, a CSP, how do we get them to climb that mountain themselves? You know, George Glass, the chief technology officer at TM Forum is quoted as saying, that everybody immediately thinks automation is a technology problem, but it's actually a deep cultural issue that's 90% people yeah. and culture and 10% technology. 
Yeah. And I could I couldn't agree more. And I mean, it's also again very typical of the of the Maslow's pyramid. As you go higher up, it it actually becomes more uh, emotive. It's become more uh, personal rather than uh, physical in in its attribute. So I think it's very similar here as well. I think that the lower levels of the conversation could be more related to to technology and and how quickly you can get there. But as you scale the pyramid on automation, it is mostly about people, about organization, about process than technology. I mean, technology could be a challenge, but certainly something that is solvable, right? It's not the, it's not the barrier. So again, going back to your question, I think first of all, uh, it is a change that we first need to acknowledge and it needs to be top down. I don't think we can get to the, that state of uh, uh, readiness uh, if we approach this bottom up. So I think we need to look at uh, this whole uh, uh, aspect as a top-down initiative. And if you ask me what a CEO uh, sitting in the corner office should look should look at, is to have uh, somebody directly in from that from the executive team that is responsible for what the nature of this automation looks like, because it needs to be very closely linked to the purpose of the organization itself and where they want to go. So, so if the purpose of the organization is to go beyond being connectivity provider to be true partners to industries, the automation and the why of the automation should start from there. Once that is understood and that trickles down into the organization, that's when you have a lot more uh, alignment to that purpose. So that's important. Then clearly, I think there is a, a need to refresh. Uh, I would use the word of refresh, refresh reskill people to make this happen, it, it's not, we can't just take the resources and the skill sets that we've had and 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 hope that this will actually work, right? And this is not about displacing people, this is about reskilling people towards the right parts of the organization. And in some cases, reskilling the resources who understand these domain intrinsically to, to apply that to looking at how to automate it. Now, I understand the benefits of automation to cost control. It would be insane to manually perform network slicing, cloud management, or beam forming. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand the customer experience enhancement that comes with instantly changing the fabric of a network as they need it. But tell me about service innovation as a top driver of automation efforts and the pressure that a CSP is under from the hyperscalers. I think that's a, 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 a actually a very interesting question. I mean, if you look at innovation as a subject itself. I think it's important to understand that innovation as a subject is not something that can be bound within an organization. It works best when it is an ecosystem. And that's where uh, I think as an industry, we need to look at hyperscalers in a more collaborative form than a competitive one. Because uh, if you go back to the, the, we spoke about the infrastructure and the automation and the benefits of that, what CSPs, uh, I mean, we can learn a lot from the way the hyperscalers have, have, have looked at the infrastructure problem and, and looked at the scale of the problem, which is something we still, you know, uh, uh, haven't gotten to. So I, I would say that uh, the infrastructure part is certainly something where there is uh, a collaborative element with the hyperscalers, but where I think the, the innovation, uh, there's still space for innovation is in the context of why still if you look at the the public cloud providers while there's a lot of learning on the uh, the way they've automated the underlying infrastructure and compute but again uh, 
bringing the end-to-end -end service together, allowing uh, ecosystem partners, industries to come onto your platform to build these services, uh, taking the design environment in that automation lifecycle outside your comfort zone and allowing external developers and industry specialists to build those services is really the space where I think uh, CSPs can play a major role. And again, uh, the, the way we build the automation should be such that it allows for uh, the innovation, especially certain parts of that automation lifecycle to be kept outside even of the CSP's environment to make sure that we allow for that collaboration to happen with the industries. 40% of CSPs in a recent survey said they have some degree of intra-process automation within a single domain, while few have managed automation across network and service domains or business units. What does that tell you? I think that tells us a few things. First of all, uh, it tells us that in that in that hierarchy of needs, we, we are still pretty much scratching the surface when it comes to getting to, you know, what is the impact that automation brings to the customer experience and service management. And, and the reason for that is also maybe that so far, uh, we have been missing compelling reasons to do so as well. But with 5G, with 5G slicing, we are also getting that compelling reason why we should move to that space. So I think uh, I'm not surprised with that stat because I think so far the services that we have delivered in the 4G era has largely been consumer centric, where the need was to give, to, to achieve scale at the lowest cost, right? To reach as many users and subscribers that you can have and you can find. That's where the focus was more on the, the bottom two layers to automate repeat, repetitive processes, which really are labor intensive. But now with 5G, we start to get that compelling reason to move up. So I certainly expect this statistic to improve uh, as you know, CSPs uh, onboard and embark on the 5G journey. But having said that, it's also important to realize that we can't use the same set of machinery from the 4G era to make that happen. And how much of that has to do with the fact that, as you point out, 4G was very consumer-centric, but 5G is very enterprise-centric. This is one of the key building blocks of Industry 4.0. And at that level, when there's a lot of money on the line with a client versus me and my $100 a month, it, uh, it behooves the industry to adopt automation as not just as a process, but as a cultural shift, because there are going to be so many more demands on the network right. once we've got this fourth industrial revolution well underway. If you look at some of this, the, the study that was done by Bell Labs, the opportunity size with uh, 5G and, and, the, uh, and the industry 4.0 is probably as big as the entire consumer market. So like you said, there is a lot of money at stake and opportunity size is really big. That's one. And secondly, I think if you look at the complexity aspect that you mentioned, uh, I think we expect about 100 times more the number of actions that need to happen in the network to deliver a 5G slice or a service or complex that was on top of 5G as compared to what we had before. Now, why is that? Uh, so a couple of reasons, like... As a technology, fundamentally, 5G goes from being unidimensional, which was more purely about capacity, to being multidimensional that adds reliability and, and uh, uh, latency to that. So by definition, first of all, 5G is a multidimensional technology, which means any operative or management system 
needs to manage all of these aspects at the same time, right? In addition to that, we're also in another evolution of the network moving from physical to virtual and now to a completely containerized cloud native environment. So we're also making that shift and adopting more and more public cloud services. So if you look at all the three aspects, the way a network looks today is a lot, lot more real time, a lot more dynamic that needs management at a much more uh, tactical level than just you know fire and forget from the past. So if you compare, if you put all these dimensions together, you can see that the operative systems, automation systems would have to be taking a lot more actions in the network than they did before. You've said that it's still early days, but there are signs of acknowledgement that we need to convert the organizational design. Can you give me an example of a CSP doing it right? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I think so far, I would say uh, there are some CSPs uh, that, that we have spoken to, uh, some who are a, very clearly stating uh, their aspirations to, to be zero touch. And zero touch could mean, of course, many things, but essentially what they're saying is that they do want to ensure that the resource are deployed effectively uh, in the organization uh, and they're able to achieve the levels of efficiency that they're looking for. Uh, and I think Telenor is one such customer who has uh, been more public about what they want to do with automation. There are also others who have uh, approached this in terms of the leadership where they are clearly defining an organization structure with an executive seat for uh, someone who drives the automation agenda and brings the various silos, if I may say, together to achieve their objective. So I think we, we start to see signs of that, of course, and, uh, uh, and, and clearly, like I mentioned before, the timing of these changes is very much aligned to the also the same set of customers uh, embarking on the 5G journey because I think that realization has really dawned that if we really want to capitalize on 5G, uh, we need to start making the organizational changes and get on that learning curve as well immediately. So whether we're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs or TL's hierarchy of needs, we're all pushing towards that goal of either personal or professional self-actualization. Absolutely. See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting futurismic.com. The Futurismic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.